from Your Life Choices. Welcome to our podcast, Mind Your Own Retirement, with me, John Deakson, Janelle Ward. And happy Mother's Day, Janelle. Oh, thank you, John. What a delight to be in my garden on Mother's Day. Four beautiful children. What age, can I ask what ages they are? Oh, they are uh, 26, yeah. um, up to 34. So, you, you must have been yeah. a child bride. Oh, yeah, of course, John. And how many grandchildren? Four and counting. I'm sure there's more to come, but four's good for the time being. Isn't that fantastic? They're they're certainly... I love them. Those those kids of yours are breeding well. Well, two two and two (laughs) so far, but, mm, yeah, they've got a hard act to follow, don't they? We have a bit of a tricky situation because of our uh, COVID-19, making sure our distances are, are correct. Uh, We're going to be speaking lifestyle very shortly. Indeed. Yes, lifestyle with Dr. Kate Gregorovic. A young mum? She's a young mum too. Yeah, young mum, three kids. Um, Doctor, oh, you name it. Like her CV is so impressive and she set up companies and businesses and her days aren't just 24 hours. I'm sure they must be at least 36 hours in every day that she lives. Well, you should know about that, Janelle, because you certainly got a lot, of, a lot on your plate as well. And talking health, and there's been a lot of talk about telehealth, which I think is something that, you know, because we're talking about what is going to be the no- new norm in the future, and I think telehealth is certainly going to be one of them. And uh, Leanne Wells is coming on. Who is Leanne? She's the CEO of Consumer Health Forum, and um, they're really staunch advocates and critics of, you know, health policy. So they've always got the consumer back. But she's concerned that um, that with telehealth, where obviously you don't go in to see your doctor, but you do it via remote means, that some people are putting off actually going to see their doctor. So she's got, she'll have a few words to say about that. Have you been to uh, your doctor across this time? I have done a telehealth just to get the have you of, of the annual blood test. Do you know wow. where they check your red wine index and things sure. like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I went to the doctor and I was asked to stay in my car and the oh. doctor the doctor will call me in when he's ready and that was fine. So I then I got called and I went from my car into – and they said, when you come in, please sit in the chair, the purple chair – uh, in the doctor's surgery. Oh, okay. So it was all very, but it, it was it was fine. Okay. It was fine. So you needed to go in. Telehealth was not going to do it for you. No, because I, I need to get my uh, seniors' flu shot. Ah. Yes, which is you, very important. And, of course, mm. as I'm approaching 70, it, uh, it's very uh, crucial for uh, our seniors to, to make sure that our flu shots are yeah. up to speed with a special, the special juice. And, and we've got your IT guru coming in as well. We have. Um, Drew Patchell, he knows a thing or two about scams. And there is a, an alarming scam during the round just ahead of people um, being given permission or some people being given permission to um, access their super to get them out of a bit of a tr- bit of trouble during this time. Um, it's really one to look out for. I mean, you know, scammers are just scums, but this one seems particularly bad. So he'll explain the warning signs of these particular scammers. All that and a whole lot more coming up. Uh, it's uh, an episode of Mind Your Own Retirement with me, John Deakson. Janelle Ward, thank you so much indeed. If people want to know more, tell us that website again. It is yourlifechoices.com.au. Be well and happy Mother's Day. Thank you. And to all our members out there, the same. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Grandmother's Day. 
Mind your own retirement from your life choices. It's uh, me, John Deeks, and on the line, Talking Lifestyle, a good friend of the show, Dr. Kate Grigorovich. Welcome and happy Mother's Day to you, Kate. Thank you so much. Now, you're a young mum of how many? Three. I've got three children, <sighs> eight, five, and two. And you have time to do anything else? Yes, I'm also a doctor. I work at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and I've recently written a book. Kate, you're, you're an overachiever. <laughs> how do you have time? How many hours in the day have you got? Look, I guess it's one of these things. It was a, a lot to take on um, writing a book with the work I was already doing, but I just felt like the messages I had were just so too important. So I just chipped away at it. Tell me about those messages. Yeah. So my book is called Staying Alive, and it's basically about how we can apply the science of longevity to everyday life. And I wrote this book because I wanted to share that we don't need to sacrifice enjoying life today to live as long as possible. And so many of the choices we make that can improve our mental and physical well-being in the present are actually things that will improve our longevity. So we're not losing out by trying to... Um, create, create a life and create health in the present um, to live as long as possible. Give me some examples of that, Kate. Yeah, so this is things like sleep, because obviously if you've had a better sleep, it makes your whole day so much better. Sure. But sleep is also really important for protecting your future cognitive health. Exercise, and exercise is a well-known mood booster, even recommended as a treat part of a treatment plan for mild to moderate depression. And exercise is one of the most important things we can do to protect our physical and cognitive function into our later years. Or social connections. So we don't think very much that when we go and sit down and have a coffee for a friend, that we're doing something excellent for our health. But that sort of emotional connection with someone makes us feel great and is also really good for both our cognitive and physical health. Now, I know a lot of our listeners uh, have issues with sleep and some of us wake up at three o'clock in the morning when I was doing a, a radio show overnight. I'd have a lot of fabulous people call me in at uh, three o'clock in the morning because they, they, they can't sleep. Tell me, as you get older, what are your recommendations as far as having a, a good, solid, um, re restorative sleep? So sleep is something I do work with my patients a lot. And the thing about improving leading older age there's a couple of challenges so number one is that um we get we have a natural sleep cycle a circadian rhythm and sure. part of this is we get a release of a hormone called melatonin from our brain that helps get us off to sleep now with age this melatonin release actually happens a little bit earlier than we'd like which is why a lot of people find themselves dozing off to sleep at 7 30 8 o'clock in front of the tv if this becomes a nap, that can then take away some of the sleep pressure for later in the evening. Uh, yeah. Or sometimes it is that people go to bed early and then wake early in the morning. The other things that can happen with age is that sleep can become a little bit lighter, so it's easier to get woken up. And so when I'm helping people with their sleep issues, there's some really simple things that we changes it can make. So number one is avoiding anything with caffeine in it, so coffee or tea after midday. Avoiding alcohol, even though I know this can make you feel drowsy, it actually makes your sleep lighter and less refreshing. Making sure you're getting some daylight, so getting up in the morning, getting that daylight to, again, help with that circadian rhythm and staying active, which helps good sleep as well. And if it is a real problem, sometimes seeing a psychologist can actually be a really helpful technique to learn some mind techniques to get you in the right place to drift off. Now, I know you're doing so a lot of work with Elder Health Australia. Tell us. 
some of the work that you're doing with them and outline how people can assist themselves by getting onto that? Yeah, so I run an online program called Project 3612. Um, and that is an online exercise and well-being course aimed at women in their 40s and beyond. And I started this with an exercise physiologist called Cassandra Smith. And we started this because we saw that there was a real gap in appropriate exercise programs for women in this age group. Mm-hmm. And we focused on this group because women are less likely to exercise than men and less likely to do resistance training or strength training, sure. which is the most important type of exercise you can do to keep yourself really healthy and independent into older age. And so if you're a 55-year-old and perhaps you've just been doing some walking but want to take it to another level, it's really important to start an exercise program that focuses on technique, that gradually builds strength, that gets a little bit harder over time. And we've also, with this program, Patel is obviously not just physical, We've got a nutrition component with recipes uh, based around some of the healthier eating principles, which generally apply to all ages, as well as mental well-being. So we've got Tai Chi and meditation and also some educational webinars to help people make appropriate lifestyle choices. What does 3612 mean, Project 3612? So it means that there's three different exercises and Uh, three different components that you work out six days a week and it's, uh, each course goes for 12 weeks. Ah, that's sensible. Dr. Kate uh, Grigorovich is on uh, on the line right now talking lifestyle. She's a she's a mum of three. She's also, of course, a, a medical doctor and she's just written a fabulous book called, once again... Staying Alive. Staying Alive. And once again, give me a pricey of the book and then we're going to make sure that people uh, can... We'll give them a link to, to pre-order it. Yes. So the, the book is about how we can improve our well-being in the present, both mental and physical, in ways that are likely to increase our longevity. So we're enjoying life more today, but also hopefully living as long as we possibly can. Not quite the fountain of youth, but jolly close to it. Kate, how can people pre-order the book? Yep. So head to the Pam McMillan website or hopefully the link on potentially a link on your website, will will. be the way we can pre-order it. Okay. Well, do make sure you get a copy of that because it's a a book that's going to help so many people and I, for one, will certainly be getting getting a hold of it as well because approaching 70, as I am, uh, we all have to make sure that we, we look after ourselves in so many ways in a complete sense, as you say, the mind, the health and keeping active and keeping strong. Kate, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know you're a good friend of the show and we do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement. Uh, Me, John Deeks, flying solo today. Uh, Be warned, Leanne Wells is the Chief Executive Officer of Consumer Health Forum of Australia. She's a health advocate, of course, and a service executive with over 30 years of experience, been held executive positions with uh, the federal government and in national and state non-government organisations, and most recently, CEO of State-Based Primary Care Organisation. And we have her on the line right now. Oh, Leanne, that's just a little bit of your CV. Haven't you done well? <laughs> Haven't? Wouldn't your mum be proud? Oh, I think she is, John. Yes, thank you. Happy Mother's Day too, because this is Mother's Day today, and um, we hope you. Are you going to catch up with your mum? Certainly, am on the weekend. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Very important to keep connected with the um, 
older people in our world at now, this Leanne, point in time. You really must be in, in great demand at the moment because uh, as CEO of Consumer Health Forum, there is so much going on and we, we're hearing a lot of talk about telehealth. Tell me about it. Yeah, look, telehealth, um, it, it feels like it's a little bit flavour of the month at the moment. Um, and it, it's actually not new. Um, it's just that it's been really brought to the fore, I suppose, about the need for many of us to want to continue to access our usual healthcare in safe ways, so in ways that doesn't doesn't involve, um, you know, direct face to face contact with our doctor or our, you know, psychologist or, or um, a physio. So it's really basically about using the phone or apps like FaceTime, video conferencing, um, as a as a supplement to face to face consultations that you would normally have with your provider. Been used a lot in rural areas already for obvious reasons, you know, distance and things like that. Used a lot in mental health, but basically, yeah, we've seen it really, really accelerate as a way of, you know, making it easy for people at the current time where we're all being told to social distance to access our usual care. There was a lot of talk, uh, and one of the promises of uh, the joy of the NBN coming in was the fact that we'd be able to do more of this, certainly those folks mm. in, in rural areas in a much better way and, and so much more. Do you have any anecdotal evidence of people not going to the doctor as much or for for reasons because of the, the COVID-19? Look, we, we do. Um, there's no doubt, you know, the social distance wing we're all being asked to do while the, while the community absolutely have got on board with that and know why we're doing that. Knowing, you know, anxiety about when it's going to end and, and just particularly for older people being feeling a bit fearful about being out in the community and risking contracting the virus, that does that does cause great anxiety. So, you know, we certainly heard from some GPs that, that, you know, there is a significant downturn in usual patient numbers. For people with complex and chronic conditions, that's the last thing we want to see happen. You know, they're only going to get sicker. They're going to need, you know, potentially more extensive care and worse, they might end up um, in hospital, putting pressure on hospitals at a time when we want it, want our hospitals to be COVID ready. So, you know, that that is a concern and um, I think we really do need to get the message out that doctors do have new ways of providing care now that is contactless, the telehealth we've just spoken about. And, and I guess uh, I guess we're talking about telehealth being one of those things that they, they're, they're saying well, the, the the new normal in the future, what things will, how things will look, and I guess that telehealth will be one of those things. I think telehealth will be one of those things. I mean, uh, you know, if, if this virus has done anything, it's it's been to disrupt many things in our community, hasn't mm, it? Right absolutely. from how we live our lives, and then then the policy implications that has economically, health, and social policy wise. But I think you know we also need to think about telehealth. Yes, it's um, an innovation. But, you know, there there is a downside to it as well. You know, I think um, particularly for people with complex and chronic conditions, you know, there are some things that, that are better achieved in a normal face-to-face consultation from a diagnostic point of view. So mm. I think we need to be seeing the value of telehealth in, in that it's a supplement. We need to think about it as a supplement, particularly, you know, out the other side of COVID uh, rather than a replacement for your um, consultations that you would have with with a GP and other providers if you've got complex and chronic conditions because we we all know and those those that have got more than one chronic condition know that good primary health care is as much about your relationship and the continuity of care you have with your doctor than anything because they know you. 
Leanne Wells is the CEO of Consumer Health Forum, and uh, Consumer Health Forum have been lobbying the health funds. Uh, specifically, what for? Well, this is a really moving space, moving piece, this space, John. Um, you, you'd remember that um, in order to get our hospitals ready for the, for the anticipated surge of COVID patients, that all elective surgery was cancelled yeah. or postponed. And IVF and all of those things, um, dental care, um, you know, dentists basically close and, you know, private health insurance covers that as well. Insurance covers that. So um, what that meant was, was that the insurers, the private health insurers were going to be paying out considerably less in benefits because no one was getting the services that that, um, insurance pays for. So we were really saying, look... um, along with Choice and others, that the the private health insurance industry really shouldn't be profiting from COVID. If they're paying out less in benefits, then policyholders should get those benefits. So the funds, you know, really stepped up to the plate on that and were, you know, they're talking about, you know, returning the benefits to patients in in the form of rebates or discounts or something like that. But um, so we've been lobbying for that. And the other thing we've been lobbying for is, you know, a level of consistency, you know, across the private health insurance industry. It'd be better and much more easier for the community as a whole to navigate if all the funds said, okay, we're just going to give you a rebate rather than people having to, you know, ask the question of their funds when they're already stressed and anxious about what they're going to do about it. The whole elective surgery space, as you know, is, is a moving piece. As each day goes by, there's different announcements around our COVID response. So there has been a recent announcement that um, some elective surgery is opening opening up again. So while that moment will only amount to about 25% of usual capacity at this stage, um, it still means that the private health insurance funds will be paying out less in benefits. Leanne Wells, CEO of Consumer Health Forum, thank you so much for giving up your time. If people want to go to your website or find you on social media, where should they go? They should go to www.chf.org.au and our Twitter handle is at CHF Australia. And we'll put those up on our Your Life Choices Mind Your Own Retirement website as well to make sure those links are available to, to our members if they can't recall it. Leanne, thank you so much for your time. Happy Mother's Day and be well. Thank you very much, John. Here on Mind Your Own Retirement with me, John Deeks, we're joined by IT specialist Drew Patchell. In fact, the IT specialist from Your Life Choices. Drew, we don't get you in often enough. How are you? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing extremely well, thank you, sir. Um, If there's one thing that makes my blood boil, really gets my blood boiling, and that's IT scams. And boy, aren't there a lot of them around? Very much at the moment. People trying to take advantage of those less fortunate and really struggling in a uh, tough time with COVID-19 affecting Australia. Yeah. And uh, just uh, people who, who take advantage of, uh, of anybody is always a terrible thing, whether it be, you know, certain people coming in and trying to, you know, conning money out of old people for painting their houses or whatever. But tell me specifically about this one that relates to the COVID-19. Uh, yes, well, there's a few going around at the moment. The main one is the superannuation scam. So, oh. obviously, at the moment, there's a lot of news out there about you know accessing your superannuation early. Yeah, and uh, the scammers have uh, jumped on this essentially. What are they? What are they trying to do? Uh, at the moment, they're well, cold calling. trying to get your money, but how are yeah. they trying to do it? They're cold calling people right now, uh, trying to 
realistically say they're from an organization such as, you know, they'll, they'll make up organization name and say they're trying to help you out, trying to get you uh, early access to your superannuation funds, trying to talk about um, items that aren't actually real, like a access to a $10,000 superannuation bonus, various other scams that they're just, um, they're really making information up. So out of every, you know, 10,000 people that might get two or three, once they've sort of conned you, you go, oh, that sounds that sounds very nice and they're all lovely on the phone. How then do they actually access your DOSH? Uh, so realistically for the scammers, they're trying to get two things off you. The first thing they're trying to get off you is just your information in general. So they're trying to get your phone number, your email address, trying to get access to your accounts to see what you've got there, access to your bank accounts as well. So they're not just going for your superannuation fund, they're also going for your bank account. Because that's what they're really trying to get to, isn't it? Exactly. So is it like this uh, you know, prince in uh, Nigeria who I keep sending money to? Uh, I think he died a while ago, <laughs> unfortunately. He? Yeah, he's oh. been around for at least 20 years. I'm waiting for my $20 million check. It yeah. hasn't arrived yet. But seriously, um, so people, if they, how do they protect themselves? Uh, there are various methods to go through. First of all, never give your information over the phone to someone who has called you. That is rule number one, always ask for a number and uh, ask to call them back. Ah. At that stage, you should then go online, Google that phone number and see what it comes back to. If it comes back to, for example, they're claiming they're coming from Westpac and it comes back to the Westpac uh, phone-in hotline, then you can call that number and try and talk to someone about it because it is actually the Westpac hotline number, whereas they may give you a number that does not come back to that company and then you should be extremely Careful. reserved. Yes. Reserved. Totally. So is a lot of this happening on the web itself or can people are people likely to try and attack your computer with this information or trying to source information? Or is it mainly phones? Uh, at the moment, it's mainly uh, phone and email scams. So they'll try and cold call you. They'll send you SMS uh, alerts. alerts to your phone. It's like that one where, you know, we from the taxation department, send us this money or we'll send you to jail. Exactly. They come in with a threat. So, for example, right now there's a few threats going around with superannuation. Mm. Uh, one key one they're trying to say is if you do not merge your superannuation accounts, uh, you will have your accounts locked to any money. So this is more targeting people who are currently in retirement and mm. accessing their superannuation funds, and they're trying to scare them into the fact that they won't be able to access it. And that, of course, is the key word, um, fear. They're trying to scare people. Very much. And, of course, um, at our age, not yours, but my age, uh, you know, superannuation is vitally important. Just as an uh, example of a few questions that uh, some of the scammers have been asking via phone, it's, have you been working full-time for the last five years? Yeah. Uh, are you going to apply for the $10,000 superannuation package, which is actually not a thing, but they get they essentially draw you in to ask what it's about and then gain information from you for asking that. And will you be merging your superannuation accounts to prevent mandatory locking of your accounts? So they're giving all the, the, the kind of sounds of being an official exactly. representative, but in fact they're just trying to sort of soften you up for the, for the killer punch. Give us your details of your bank account or whatever. Curiosity killed the cat and that's what they're going for here. All right. Um, bottom line, be careful. Don't give your information out. Hang up on them um, or at least get their phone number. I will call you back. If they don't want to do that, you you know, alert, alert. Yeah, at the end of the day, you will get calls from your bank, you will get calls from the government, you will get calls from Services Australia, also known as Centrelink. But... With every one of those calls, you'll never be asked to give 
deep personal information. Uh, while I've got you here over this um, the course of this particular podcast, we've been speaking to some health professionals about telehealth. Mm. That clearly is going to be one of the, when the MBM was coming in, one of the fabulous promises was that uh, the MBM will provide much more telehealth availability, certainly people in rural areas. What else can you see IT-wise changing in light of COVID-19 as we move forward? I mean, I think we've already seen quite a few changes uh, because of COVID-19. The way we're shopping is changing. Mm. Uh, there is a higher demand for delivery of food, delivery of groceries. It's just been essential. Well, that I, we just, I just asked my poster the other day um, who was coming to the local post office and uh, he had all the you know boxes and everything. I said, uh, you really are busy. He said, it's like Christmas every day. Yeah. The amount of parcels they're delivering. No letters, but lots of parcels. I think businesses around Australia are having to adapt and change as well. No one's going to the high street anymore to go shopping. You're, you're looking online. Well, you know, I, I'm working online. You know, you're working online. Janelle, we spoke to at the top of the show. She's certainly working online. It's, uh, it could be the way of the future for a lot of businesses. They're saying, why are we paying the rents when, in fact, our teams could... Uh... So do you think there'll be more of that, people working from home? Yes and no. That's my answer to that one. There will be some companies who adapt and say this is more efficient for us. Our employees are feeling healthier, feeling better about themselves, not having an hour commute into work every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it frees up the roads, if it helps a transport system, if we're polluting less by not having to travel in a car by ourselves sure. every day, it sure. makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Wow. True. Um, thank you so much. I would, I'd like to see you in here more often, fella, because uh, there's always lots of things you want to talk about with IT. There's always a lot happening. There is always a lot happening. And next time I get you in, I'd like to talk about how we can learn to use our computers better, because a lot of our members would like to have that kind of information. I won't bug you with it now, but in the future, please. Book it in. Drew Patchell, thank you so much indeed. You're the, uh, the IT guru here at Your Life Choices. We do appreciate it very much indeed. Be well. Thank you, John. Okay, thank you. And uh, that's it we have, uh, or no more, for our particular podcast. And I hope that you folks will uh, join us again for our next episode and uh, have a great Mother's Day to all the mums. Drew, are you going to catch up with your mum? I definitely am. I'll uh, be spending the day, hopefully, if we're allowed to, with uh, my mother, Jenny. Okay, happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Patchell. We'll see you next time for Your Life Choices, Mind Your Own Retirement. Your Life Choices.